of Pastor Taiwo Udukoya, the Senior Pastor of the Founding of Life Church. It is our prayer that the message you are about to hear will no doubt shapen your destiny in Christ. Be blessed as you listen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Glory be to God in the highest. Let us pray. Father, we give you praise, we give you honor, we worship you, we adore you. We magnify your holy name. You are a good God. Your mercies endure forever. We've seen you at work in the past few weeks. We give all our praises. We give all honor. We give all adoration. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for what you're doing. And thank you for what you will do. Here in this service, for a little word come with precision. Let them comfort. Let them deliver. Let them bring peace. Let them bring progress in the name of Jesus. Father, we worship you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to start with some prayers. The happenings of the past few weeks have been very, very interesting, to say the least. But God has seen us through. So I want us to especially thank God for today. That here we are. There's peace in the land. And Nigeria is progressing. Let's give him praise. Let's worship him. Father, we give you praise. We give you honor. We worship you, we adore you. Thank you for the way you've handled matter, for the way you have intervened in the situation of our country. We know that what we have seen is just the beginning. What you started, you will always complete in Jesus' name. Again, we say thank you very much for being so merciful. We honor you in Jesus' name. Ladies and gentlemen, I want us to pray, particularly for the use of our land. I mean, we all know the story, peaceful demonstration well-organized, well-processed, corporately handled, and yet along the line, the devil raised his ugly head, and we saw some loss of lives, which is most unfortunate. And of course, vandalization of properties. Some that belong to the same people who have been oppressed, now losing properties, losing businesses. Families have lost children. It's sad. Let us first start by praying that God indeed will heal all these families. That the comfort of the Holy Spirit will strengthen them in the name of Jesus. We commiserate with all families and all peoples who have lost people in these disturbances. Both on the youth side and on the police side, we speak God's healing in Jesus' name. We pray for the youth of this nation. Many are disillusioned. Many are disappointed. Many are deeply hurt. We speak the joy of the Holy Spirit. We speak the encouragement of the Spirit. We speak a healing in the name of Jesus. We come against every spirit of disillusionment in the name of Jesus. I want us to pray against the spirit of violence, the spirit of anarchy that tried to take over the entire nation. We thank God for answers to prayers. And even right now in agreement, we come head on against you foul spirit, knowing fully well that whatever we bind on that is bound in heaven. Knowing fully well that we have the authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions and every power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt us. So we rebuke you in the name of Jesus and we forbid you. Thus far you've come. 
you will not proceed further in the name of Jesus we speak peace we speak progress over the entire land in the name of Jesus and I want us to pray again for the authorities that God will give them the wherewithal the will to provide adequate answers to the questions that has been agitating the minds of the youths to bring out the processes of finding solutions in such a way that will be evident to all we pray that God will grant them wisdom from the president to the least in the public service and even in the private sector. Pray that the fear of God will reign supreme. Pray that the spirit of urgency to change the status quo, at least to read it of the things that are agitating the minds of people, will be born in the name of Jesus. Father, we give you praise, we give you honor for answering our prayers in Jesus' name. Thinking about all that has happened over the past two weeks, I'm thinking of what one can say to all this. The first scripture that came to mind is the scripture in Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 1 where the prophet said, I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he, what God, will say to me and what I will answer when I am corrected. So what do we say to these things? And so my meditation basically today is on the book of Habakkuk. Prophet Habakkuk, as we know him, one of the minor prophets, not so popular, but the bit of him in the Bible is so profound that it keeps addressing the day-to-day -day activities of any evolving society. And when we remember that this was written 600 years before Christ, so that tells us that he lived beyond 600 years before Christ or around that time. And what's interesting about him is the opening of the book. Habakkuk chapter 1, the first four verses, I'll read quickly. The burden which the prophet Habakkuk saw. The burden which the prophet Habakkuk saw. O Lord, how long shall I cry? And you will not hear. Even cry out to you violence and you will not save why do you show me iniquity and cause me to see trouble for plundering and violence are before me there is strife and contention arises therefore the law is powerless and justice never goes forth for the wicked surround the righteous and therefore perverse judgment proceeds from the message version here the way it reads the problem as god gave habakkuk to see it burden in the list for we've seen in the past few weeks was a burden in the heart of the youth of this nation concerning the state of the nation which they have been observing since they were born they got fed up. Now, let me go on. See, the problem is God gave to Habakkuk to see it. God, how long do I have to cry out for help before you listen? How many times do I have to yell, help, murder, police, before you come to the rescue? Why do you force me to look at evil or to see evil in my days? Start trouble in the face day after day. Anarchy and violence break out. 
quarrels and fights all over the place. Law and order fall to pieces. Justice is a joke. The wicked have the righteous hamstrung and stand justice on its head. So you'll agree with me that pretty much what Habakkuk was complaining about has been exactly what the use of our land are complaining about. The only difference is that he was not a youth and he was a prophet. And please, God can use anybody, as a matter of fact, anything he created. And one conviction I have over the years is that when God gives assignment, for example, to the men, nobody is heeding to his satisfaction. He turns attention to the woman. Check the Bible. He has wrought deliverance for himself using women. We are men could not stand. And where women don't do it satisfactorily, he turned to children. Remember the scripture? After the mouth of babes and suckling infants, you have ordained strength. We know certain kings in Israel that were enthroned at age seven and yet they did marvelously well. At a time when Israel was in a distraught, didn't know what to do with the bragging, oppressing, challenging, blaspheming Goliath. Given the king would take off, our men seek for a place to hide. It was the commander in chief, as it were, of the army in the physical. When he looked for where to hide, of course the whole army usually would take off. Guess what? God used the youth. And if I will remind us, when David was brought before the king, you know what he said to him? He said, you are not able to do this, to go against this man. For he has been a warrior since his youth. Say, but you are just a youth. To which David replied in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 34. Say, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth and when it arose against me I caught it by its beard and struck and killed it then he said verse 36 your servant has killed both lion and bear and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them seeing he has defied the armies of the living God ladies and gentlemen he did he killed Goliath what I'm saying is that where the king will not David the youth did now the same God that helped David could have helped the king so what I'm saying is what we have seen in the past two weeks is the beginning of a change that cannot be stopped God has started something in our land and to that I want to say congratulations youths and like you've heard everybody said, your collective voice has been heard. And what that means is that something will be done. It may look like the process is truncated, but the truth is this. No, the seed is sown and it will yield results.
in the name of Jesus. And so that was the situation. Let me paraphrase what Prophet Habakkuk was saying. He was saying, hey, what I see, what is prevalent in my time, in my nation, is destruction and violence. What I'm seeing is strife and contention. Everywhere I turn, what I see is the slackness of the law. Injustice. I see a sick system. And when he could not take it anymore, he cried out. As a matter of fact, somebody said, you talk of protest. Habakkuk led a protest in the Bible. The only difference was that it was a one-man protest. So it was even more difficult. But let us follow. I believe there's a lesson for us to learn out of this today. Do a long voice. Did God hear? Oh, yes. In verse 5, the Bible said, the Lord replied. And he began to talk to him. He said, look among the nations and watch. Let me leave it at that. So God began to tell him, hey, I've heard you. This is how I'm going to do it. Guess what? The method God will use was so unconventional that it scared Prophet Habakkuk. And he started, oh my goodness, how will you do this? How is this going to happen? Oh yeah, Habakkuk, you brought this before me, which I have seen. And I'm telling you now that, look, it's not passing me by. I've heard you. I have seen it. I will definitely do something. So like I said, the method became a little, oh my goodness, scary. Part of what he began to say, God, no, no, no. You mean this? You mean that? Ended in chapter 2 verse 1. Where he says, okay, I will wait and see how you're going to do it. I'm going to stand on my watch. Humanly speaking, I know you will succeed by this method, but hey, I'm scared. Really? He's God. Let him do what he has to do. We have started a chain reaction in Nigeria. And what I'm saying today is this. Let everybody know and become conscious of the fact that it's not going to be like it used to be anymore. Thank God that peace has returned. We need peace to implement all that God will be inspiring us to do. But Nigeria will not remain the same again. So he said, I will stand and I will watch. And I know many are standing and watching today. Many in my category, the old, <laughs> many among the youths, many in leadership, many among the followership are saying, what next? But God will use certain people to do certain things. Then the Bible says, then God answered him. You won't have to wait long. Hear me, this is what I'm going to do. The first thing he said to him is this, and I just want you to hear this, and I believe we can begin to pick some things from this. He said, hey, write down the vision. Pick your pen and paper and begin to write down what I'm about to show you. He said, make it plain on tablets. He says, that he may run who reads it. He said, because this vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. In other words, hey, I've heard you. 
this is what I'm going to do. Again, I've heard you weighing and contemplating and meditating on the method I just showed I will use. But please hear me. Write it down. Make it plain. So that from a distance, anybody can read. In other words, it will be published rapidly. It will go viral faster than you can think of. You may not see it right now, but the processes have started. It will happen. It will surely come. It will not tarry. The second thing I want to put attention to is what has started will be concluded in Jesus' name. But see what he says in verse 4. He says, the just shall live by faith. So why am I asking you to write it down? I don't want you to ever think that I'm slack. I don't want you to ever think that your effort is wasted. You know? I have started a process. Watch. But such that you will not forget. Write it down. Somebody says that a short pencil is more useful than a long memory. Nobody is subject to forgetfulness. But what to write down stands there. Say because it will speak. It may look like it's delayed. No, it will come. It will happen. It will speak. It will not lie. Even when it looks like it tarries, it will speak. It will surely come. It will not tarry. And the just shall live by faith. Now, I'm talking of God's answers to the contemplations of Habakkuk. Having complained, having protested before God, why is this happening? Praise God. Look at verse 6, verse 9, verse 12, verse 15, verse 19. God now began to declare certain things he would do. Jacopo said in these verses, we find the five woes of God's answers to the problem. New Living Translation says, What sorrow awaits this one? And of course, in the Message Bible, it says, Who do you think you are? And what is it that God was addressing here? I would like you to go home and carry out your studies. Read it in the King James. Read it in every version of the Bible you can. I promise you an assurance of God's answers and of course God's intervention in the name of Jesus. So what was he saying? He says, I will deal with the abuse of power. Everyone involved with abuse of power, he said, I will move. So you talk of oppression of any kind. In the message version, in fact, I was surprised when he mentioned police. So it's not new that usually there's abuse of power. People never start to come to abuse. They start by coming to protect. They start by coming to assist. But you see, power, somebody says, corrupts. And so people end abusing powers. It's human nature. And it's always been. He says, I would deal expressly with that. And what he was saying, let me put it in my own words. He said he would deal with every form of corruption. He says he would deal with the disregard for human lives. It's there. He says he would deal with every form of moral decadence and destruction of values. He says he would deal with every promotion of evil rituals and occultism. And the way manner he puts it, if you look at other versions of the Bible, is look, please don't be deceived. There will be no ambiguity about it. Without a doubt, I will confront and destroy and smash this and smash this and smash this and smash this. Remember, this is God's answers to him, which began in chapter 2, verse 1. 
And by the time he got through with that, guess what he says in verse 20? God is still answering, remember? He said, but the Lord is in his holy temple. Let the earth keep silence before him. How do I interpret that? Ah. Give peace a chance. Be assured I've heard you. Be assured I am moving. Be assured I will deal with these things. And I have started. You know, I was contemplating this. I work into minors. In the book of Isaiah, it says, In quietness and in confidence shall be your strength. What came to mind was Moses addressing them by the Red Sea. He says, Stand still and see the salvation of God. What came to mind was in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, he said, You will not need to fight in this battle. God will fight for you. You will hold your peace. So, what comes to mind are the words of Jesus. In John 14, 27, peace I live with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. At the end of it, guess what? Habakkuk responded. Guess what he did? He pleaded for mercy. Why? Because he understood God. And he understood that God will definitely do what he says he would do. And he was still worried that God was going to come in a very strong way. And he would read the land of all he has said. So he pleaded for mercy. He said, in your judgment, please remember mercy. Ladies and gentlemen, I think at this point, if we need anything for our land, it's mercy. Let's ask for God's mercy so that the lives of our youth will be preserved. Let's ask God for mercy so that our leadership will always be bequeathed with wisdom required of them to do what they have to do. The Bible says the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. So like the rivers of water, he turns it wherever it wishes. Let's ask God's mercy to touch the hearts of our leaders, to live up to the responsibilities of instituting the changes that these youths are agitating for, to which they have pledged publicly that we're doing something, that God will help our leadership, that indeed the change we are clamor for will begin to manifest in the name of Jesus. We need peace. Remember, it was lamentation that says, but for the mercy of God, we would have been consumed. We can never overemphasize the mercy of God. The prophet pleaded for mercy. Knowing fully well that God had heard and God would do what he says he would do. Remember, we are looking at God's answers, as it were, and this is the first response of Habakkuk after God has sat him down telling what he will do. And I believe God that the same thing is happening now. You say, but why are you so sure? Have you ever seen any protest where there are prayer walks? Where people are worshipping God and praising God with their hearts, walking hours on end in the rain and the sun, walking the streets of their land, calling for God's intervention. 
Have you ever seen any protest like that? And now that will tell you why the devil got so mad and began to escalate the problems we have with the hoodlums. You may want to argue that it happens everywhere, but come on. I want to say again, the protest that we have seen is like a government running its affairs. And that's why we pray that that spirit of violence, the spirit that operated in these hoodlums, who even after the coffee had been imposed, went about causing carnage, that God in his infinite mercy will arrest in the name of Jesus. And we pray for the government that if we really want to avert this in the future, then the very thing related to agitation should be addressed and addressed quickly and openly. And in the case of the hoodlums, should be addressed too. Because the truth is this, we have them everywhere. We have area boys in Lagos. We have Almajuris all in the north. We have Abura boys in the east. We have them every, every part of this country. These are the questions that I think as leaders we have to confront. And number two, the issue of unemployment. We are training up graduates, whether locally or from foreign universities, highly intelligent men and women without providing what to do. I think one of the first law of leadership is this. When you raise leaders, please provide platforms for them to practice. Otherwise, they'll get so trained and they'll take you on. So we pray for our leaders, for the wisdom to attack with this problem once and for all. In the name of Jesus. Now, let me conclude by saying this. After all this dialogue between Habakkuk and God, then we find the attitude of Habakkuk. They started coming from God's advice. One, write it down, make it plain. Number two, the Joshua liver faith. From verse 17 to verse 19 of the third chapter, in fact, the very end of the book, after all has been said, he leaned back, looked up to God, and looked up to heaven. Just like I will lift up my eyes to the hill. And guess what he said? He said, though the fig tree may not blossom, no fruit be on the vines. He said, though the labor of the olive may fail, and the field yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stores, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. So Nigeria, please hear me. It's time for a new song. God is on the move. Something has shifted. It's a new dawn. The opening four verses were complaints. I see evil. I see wickedness. I see violence. God, where are you? Why is this happening? The last three verses said, though, the fig tree may not blossom. No fruit be on the vine. The labor of the olive may fail, and the fruit may yield no fruit, though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stores. Yet I will rejoice. I want to charge all 
youth and old. It's time to rejoice. It's time for a new song. And I realized too that all through the Bible, in the time of deep troubles, this is the same method that God will employ. He guarded Habakkuk from the protest to rejoicing and know that he has seen all happening, but he got the assurance that God is on the move. And what? God said, look, it's by faith now. You've trusted me. I'm about to do it. If I've started, let me do it. When it happened in the time of Jehoshaphat, oh, they went to war singing. They were still besieged by the strongest armies of their time, a confederate of army. They went into the battle. God said, no, no, you're going to go down to meet them tomorrow, but watch this. I will fight. But position yourself. Get down tomorrow. And what did they do? Though God was saying, stand still. So what does stand still mean? Stand still means that don't worry yourself about the battle anymore. Don't worry yourself about the ears. Don't worry yourself about all the lies and the destructions and the killings of the devil anymore. I am in charge now. And how did they respond? They started singing. And as they sang, and what were they singing? The Lord is good and His mercy is endure forever. Hallelujah. As they began to sing, and we saw quite a lot of it in the protest. That's why I said this was not a protest like any other protest. This one will never be forgotten. As they sang, guess what happened? The Lord caused the enemies to wipe out themselves. They turned against themselves and they destroyed themselves. So the nation went from being besieged, fearful, scared, to jubilation, singing, unusual and untold wealth and prosperity, peace and prosperity. But see, they started rejoicing to see the breakthrough. It wasn't the breakthrough that caused their rejoicing. If there was a breakthrough that caused it, it was by faith because God has spoken. Again, let me remind you, Paul and Silas in the jail bound and was positioned for more torture. Guess what? The Bible said they prayed and they sang praises. They were assured of God's victory. Place was shaken to the foundation and every chain was broken, every door was flung open. There was total freedom, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. He said, you know, the Bible said they continued singing and they had a good time. There was no jailbreak. They found freedom that the world could not give. When the jailer, the physical, the natural overseer of the prison woke up from sleep, can you imagine what happened? The one that thought it was the jailer, the one that thought that it was the warden, became the slave. Because the hitherto slaves were so free that nothing on earth could disturb. And that's what Paul would mean by saying, nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. Nothing. And so he said, yet I will rejoice. So I want to encourage us. It's time for a new song. It's time to start to rejoice. God has answered. Nigeria will not be the same again. In the name of Jesus, I want to promise you in the name of Jesus, or are now working towards a change that will usher in the best of God. 
I believe God in Jesus' name. The extrajudicial killings in the north will never be heard again. Whether it's banditry or headsmen problem. God will give wisdom to the leadership to bring all this to a halt because we will not see another protest again. Unemployment will cease. Corruption will vanish. Human lives will take on new value. The destroyed values of our societies will be restored. The glory of God will reign supreme again in Nigeria. In the name of Jesus. Let's give him praise. Father, we worship you. We adore you. We thank you because we are a faithful God. Ever mindful of us. The psalmist says, what is man that you are mindful of him? You will not leave us to our own destruction. We worship you. We adore you. Thank you for using the youths. Thank you for waking up the adults. We give you all praises in Jesus' name. Thank you for the restoration of our land. Thank you for the different reformations that are going on in every sector. Thank you for breaking the bands of oppression. We worship you. We adore you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We know that you have been tremendously blessed by this message. For additional information and materials from Pastor Taiwo Odukoya, please contact us at the Founding of Life Church, 12th Industrial Estate Road by PZ Industries of Town Planning Way in Lupeju, Lagos. PO Box 698, Shemolu, Lagos. Visit our website at www.tfolc.org. Thank you and God bless you.